podcast one production. The truth about starting a business, crafting a career, having a family and managing to fit it all in. Superwomen, we ain't. From the founder of Boost Juice, Janine Ellis, and leading executive and career coach, Margie Hartley. It's this question we get asked all the time, Janine. How do you do it all? How do you how do you have life balance? I know whenever I speak to groups, people often ask me, tell me about life balance and how you have it. Let's talk about and demystify this whole idea of life balance today. I want to talk about what it is, and I'm really intrigued by your view because I know you've got some interesting ideas about this. I've got a few ideas, but let's then really give some practical tips and thinking about how you can sort of manage and navigate work and life or are they the same things? Yeah, look, it's it's a great subject. It's probably the number one question I get asked is how do you do it, Janine? You know, how, how do you have it all? And the honest answer is I do it really poorly. You know, at the end of the day, I've just accepted that this fallacy or this mystery thing called life balance actually doesn't exist. I actually just call it life. And and I don't even understand the concept of balance in the sense of, you know, your whole life is a pendulum. You know, quite often you're, you're out of control and you're travelling too much and you've got too much work and then suddenly you're sitting there and going, oh, I've watched too much Netflix. So it's, and you're constantly trying to get that you know, your equilibrium in, in, in balance. And I think that that's why yoga I love so much is because it's all about balance. But look, you know, at the end of the day, you know, people want it all, don't they? They want to own their own home. They want the flexibility at work. They want to hang out with friends. They want nice holidays. They want to go for dinner all the time. They, they want the kids to go to great schools. And then they, you know, wonder why that they're stressed to a max and they can barely breathe and think. And the reality is you can actually have whatever you want in life just something has to give. You know, yeah. If you want to work three days a week, you can do that, no problems. But don't expect to own a family home. If you want to have a family home and you want to live in a great suburb and you're starting from scratch, don't, don't expect to see your kids that often. Like it's, it is that real dilemma for people and it, it is a struggle, this work-life balance. And so this is one episode that people will listen and go, I completely and utterly disagree with them. And that's okay. Life balance is different for everyone. So I'm interested in in, um, getting into this one. And I'm a big believer in actually knowing what you believe in and why, Mm. and then being able to do it. And, you know, that happens through experience, but it's also about listening to other people's experiences that allows you to make that choice, which is really, really important. So what's your experience? Look, for me, you know, I see my life in clumps, really clear clumps. And so I don't believe that you can have life balance all the time. I think that there are areas in your life where you can have balance. So 20s and 30s, mate, it's all balance. It is, for me, it was from 21 to pretty much 30, it was on a plane going from France to Italy to Monaco to Caribbeans, hanging out with rock stars and movie stars and having the best time of my life. It was a time of discovering who Janine is. It was a time of getting myself into all sorts of pickles and trying to work my way out of them. You know, 20s with that. I think you've made a, you've had a good comment on 20s. I told my kids who are in their 20s that your 20s are a social experiment, so enjoy them. <laughs> yeah, and don't get caught up. 
you know, there is, I mean, some of those people I've met on Shark Tank, they are 14, 15 onto their third business. Yeah, some people just have it. You know, my my um, son's girlfriend, Emma, she's going to be a doctor. That's where her path is. Other people don't know what they want to be. I'm still 52 and don't know what I want to be when I grow up. I'm still trying to work that out. So it's not beating yourself up. Everyone has their own journey. So 20s and 30s, yep, as far as I'm concerned, social experiment, work it out. 30s to 40s is a really interesting time. And it's a time when some women are having children. It's a time when at that same time, they're probably getting their first family home. So they've got the biggest mortgage. So it's a balance between little kids at home, no sleep, the biggest restrictions of cash in your life, and you're forging your career. So it is a time when it is head down, bum up and go for it. And we've spoken about in other episodes about how the reason we both started, which was actually to create balance. Yeah, we tried to create balance and found that by starting businesses, we actually got the opposite to balance. What's your expectation of your social life then? Because you've had a massive social life in your 20s, right? Get to your 30s, you have a few kids or you've got bigger commitments for work and whatever it might be. And I've, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, it's terrible. I can't go out as much as I used to. Or what was your view about your this time? Well, social life wasn't even a discussion. Like, so I had no social life. I never caught up with friends. I never caught up with... I was so busy growing Boost and raising my children and trying to spend a little bit of time for me. There was no time for anyone else. And you know what? That's not me being, oh, poor me. You know, I didn't it's catch up with friends. It was, it was I, I loved it. I was addicted to it. I was caught up in this passion called business that I didn't want to do anything else. I could barely breathe. I was waking up at, you know, didn't sleep at night because the babies were little. I'd get up in the morning, I'd get started, I'd do what I had to do. And then probably around 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, one o'clock, I would pack up and then try and get some sleep and then start the next day again. And it's not going, you know, poor me, because it's far from it. It was, there wasn't life balance, it was just life. So I think this is a really important point because there's lots of people out there that I speak to that talk about life balance in their early 30s and wanting to have it all. Mm. And that's the reality. There's no such thing as having it all. You know, if you're an Olympian and you want to achieve a goal and go to the next Olympics, you have to not do things. You have to not go out with your friends and get pissed. You have to eat a fault solid diet. You have to get up 5am and, and exercise and train 12 hours a day. You have to do that. So if you don't want to hit those heights, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't go, poor me, I'm not a business owner, or poor me, I didn't get to go to the Olympics, or poor me. It's it's a choice on what you want. And it's not necessarily the Olympics is the, the be-all for everyone, nor is it opening a business. In actual fact, I would recommend it's not for everybody. But for me, for me to achieve what I need to do, there was no balance. There was all of these things that you have, you're confronted with in your 30s to 40s. Yep. So, and I think that's such a great point because, as I said, lots of people I see who beating themselves up because they have aren't living the perfect life. Again, my my big, you know, bugbear is the perfect Instagram life. And it's life's not like that. Look at Celeste Barber. She'll tell it as it is. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. I remember I was in Singapore 
and I was upstairs and I would, at, this, at this point I'd been travelling three months, you know, on and off, wasn't three months solid. And I was just done. I was. I remember thinking, you know, I had no balance. I wasn't looking after my health. I wasn't looking after my diet. I was doing no exercise. I got a call from reception saying, oh, your partner's downstairs to come and see you. And I remember just bursting into tears. Called Jeff. I go, I'm done. I just don't want to do it. I don't want to go downstairs. I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to do anything. And and then you sort of just go, okay, have my pity party, shake up, wash my face, put a big smile on, went and did the deal. But you're human. You know, there is times when you get too tired. There is times you don't want to play. You know, people go, has there ever been a time where you've wanted to give up boost? Mate, someone could give me a check for 10 bucks and they could have it. I was, you know, there was times when you just thought it was all too much. But that's life. You know, I would much rather the roller coaster than the merry-go-round in life. You know, I love the incredible highs and the, and the um, you know, but comes with highs, comes with lows. So a lot of people in their 30s and early 40s are madly Googling what everybody else is doing. And this sets up a really big expectation that you've got to be having certain, hitting certain marks at certain times. And I think one of the gifts that you and I had was we didn't have this expectation about being perfect. Not only perfect, we're in a world of now. So when I was at work in the early days, you know, people left a message you called them back when you're at the, when you went to your landline, and you made them call back. If you send something through the post, they'd expect it to get back within three or four days, maybe. Now it's all about now. I want it now, and it's this now society, which I think creates a lot more tension. So the expectations that you should be at a certain point and you should be having certain things actually is creating the tension here rather than just allowing in some parts for life to happen. Look, absolutely. So 30s and 40s when you're actually at your peak. So for the people who are in their 30s and 40s now, they've got even added stresses and pressures. But let's not be a victim here. You know, people have control of their lives. People can make whatever choice they want in life. So, you know, I don't want to go, oh, it's poor it's hard for everyone. That's rubbish. You know, people control their own lives. You can put your phone down. You can make choices to help you create the life you want. Absolutely. And you know what I did? What did you do? Well, a few things. I gave up the job of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, which was by far the best job in the in in the world. Amazing job. I made a choice to go and live in Papua New Guinea with my husband. I was so bored and so crazy up there. I did have a business idea that didn't make it, but um, I ended up having three children in two and a half years with no twins. So I had a litter of kids really quickly. We go home to Melbourne. Uh, I surrender. People said, are you going back to work? Are you going to get a job? I said, I'm sorry, I'm surrendering to the fact that I have three children under two and a half. And that's what I'm focusing on because I really didn't feel capable of doing more. So we then ended up moving to Sydney a year later where I got really ill, right? So for the next three years, I was fighting for my life and I had these three little girls. So I didn't work over that period for almost eight years and a lot changes in eight years. How old were you around that time? In my 30s, 36 when I got my cancer. So it was an extraordinary sort of disruption to what my expectations had been. And when I talk to people about managing your expectations, I think back to that time. I left the comedy festival saying, yeah, we'll go to Papua New Guinea for a couple of years, make some cash, come home and I'll pick up where I left off. 
life has a way of getting in the way of your expectations. And so really managing life balance is all about choices at given times, but being resilient enough to overcome the obstacles, in my view. So that was my my 30s were really, really um, not stolen, but they would you know, a lot of the goals that I might have achieved deviated through that period with having these beautiful three three hilarious, funny, um, healthy girls battling cancer and moving cities and countries a couple of times. It's really interesting you say that because, you know, my 30s and your 30s, even though mine was on the business journey of insanity, yours still was an insanity ride because I just sit here and you go three kids under two. But you throw that out and you then you throw out the word cancer and you, you know, you, and we sort of just move on. But if you sit back and think about that, you've got a whole decade of no sleep, you know, pretty much nothing to do with you. You have a whole decade of it being about something or someone else. Yep. So it, and it is, it's quite, you know, so you talk about life balance. When you have three kids under three, even let alone any other children at any age, it's about them. Mm-hmm. And once you start to get your head above water, you get thrown another card, which is cancer, which then it's about that. Yeah. And so, look, it was interesting, really been interesting for me. Again, not being the victim, but it was like I felt like I was catching up after that decade a lot in terms of thinking about my goals, starting a business and what I needed to do in the framework of the fact that this is what had occurred for me. Which is interesting about life because actually for you, you're not going, let's think about life balance in my 30s. It was just getting through it. For me, it was getting through it. Yeah. It wasn't actually about, you know, let's see if I can go to a yoga retreat. It was about how do I get to the next day? Yeah, or I'm not living my perfect life balance as I should expect it to be because I'm seeing on Instagram someone who's doing it better than me. But I think that's the point, though. It's managing people's expectations. And your own expectations. And your own expectations. So what I'm taking from this and and your 30s and my 30s is that don't try and put your expectations so high. Some respects, the 30s to 40s is hang on for the ride. You can have it all, Janine, but not at the same time. So choose your focus. And there are sacrifices along the way. So I didn't go out. (laughs) I was fighting for my life for three years. I dedicated a lot of my time to my girls in the early days. I think I'm a good parent. I'm not a helicopter parent, but it's about making choices. And sometimes you're going to have to sacrifice stuff that makes it not perfect. But it's also about taking accountability too. So in the sense that you go, okay, if I'm unhappy with the scenario, and, and look, it's, it's very different if you've got cancer because that's another another journey. But if I'm unhappy about something, make a change. Now, funnily enough, my change came when I was 39. I was in South Korea and I was having a massage. Actually, it was a really good massage. You know the massage, you've ever had them, where they put these beautiful mud gloves on and it's... No. Oh, my God. Go to to South Korea and get this massage. It was great. Anyway, I've never had in my life an epiphany. Never, ever. And I'm sitting there. Never? Ever, right? Ever. So I'm 39 years old and pretty much stressed to the max. You know, boost was flying. It was growing. It was, you know, it was taking every ounce of my being out of me. And I I remember sitting there and I had an epiphany and the epiphany was I want another child. 
It was so That's strong. some massage. It was so strong. Anyway, I went upstairs. I got online and my husband, if you haven't met him, but he's a man of very few words. And so I, I sent him an email and I said, I want another baby. And he was in Fiji. I don't know what he was in Fiji for, but he was in Fiji. And he responded with one word, sure. I went, cool. Okay, great. So I had about 15 hours before I had to go and meet my guy to do a deal in South Korea. And so I actually started Googling, all right, how, because I didn't tell you about my other problem, and this is about problem solutions. When I had Riley, I made sure he had a vasectomy. You so, didn't have a vasectomy. Jeff had the vasectomy. He had a vasectomy. Yep, so he had a vasectomy. So like business, I came across my first challenge, right? He said, sure, so I've got an open window, but how do I actually solve this problem of vasectomy? So I went online and I found the guy. Do you remember in the newspaper there's that guy who, who reattached that man's hand? Hmm. There was, anyway, the first guy that reattached a limb. You've got all of a sudden I've got some bad visuals going on oh, yeah. about your husband and his vasectomy, oh, but mate, keep going. I think he's sitting in, F- in Fiji going, I'll say sure because I've got a vasectomy, what is she going to do? So anyway, he forgot that I'm obsessive compulsive and a goal seeker, right, and a goal achiever. So I got online and I found out you can reverse vasectomies, which I was very excited about. And I found online this guy who actually replaced hands. So I had time and because the time difference worked out, I actually started making some phone calls. So with that one word of sure, I thought I'll reverse him and have another baby. So I ended up calling him and actually spoke to him. And I, we actually, I told him about the situation and he said, no problems, we can fix it, no problems. And I, he said, it's a six month waiting list. And I thought, oh, I haven't got a patient bone in my body. So I, he said, however, I have got a free time next Tuesday. Right? And Jeff's got no idea. No idea. He just said, sure. So I arrived back into Australia and I thought, okay, I'll set the scene. So I made a bath and candles and lots of alcohol. Now we talk about this baby I mentioned and he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Janine, I had a vasectomy. I said, yeah, yeah, okay, we've solved that. I said, we can have a reversal. And he went, oh, what's it involved? It's nothing. It's really, it's like a prick of the needle. It's nothing, right? So and he you said, lied. Yeah. So he said, yes. And he, sure enough, reversal vasectomy done, came back and it didn't work. I thought, bugger, that sucks. And like business, you know, sometimes it doesn't work the first time you go again. So, okay, what's the next time? So did some more research and I then went, okay, let's go IVF. This process actually took uh, three years, three years of my first goal and many attempts at IVF and many attempts at reverse vasectomy for my poor little husband. You know, at 42, we gave birth to uh, Talia. But I I sometimes think about life balance and I wonder at the time whether at 39, whether I had this this feeling for nurture or I needed an escape and a reason to stop. I needed a stopgap. And to be honest, I couldn't look you in the eye and tell you which is the honest truth. I don't know. It could have been that I was looking for a way out or a way of actually stopping and doing a circuit breaker to make me stop and pull back. You know who you said in, you've said another episode about your breaking your jaw and how you were so stressed out that breaking the jaw was a time of going, okay, no, I am stop. forced to stop. I wonder when you were telling that story, I was thinking about Talia and I wonder if this wasn't a circuit breaker to force life balance into my life and, you know, consequently this beautiful daughter. But I do wonder the motivation, whether it was this yearning to nurture or it was a yearning to have a stop, which leads us into our 40s.
We've talked a fair bit about this idea of not expecting to have it all when you might start a family or you've got other priorities in your 30s. One thing I would like to say, though, is if your choice is to work 24-7, go for it. Yeah. Just Absolutely. go for it. There's nothing wrong. And lack of judgment is really important around this life balance piece. The other thing that I want to say, though, is, you know, we hear lots of people who feel like they've got it wrong. And so this episode's all about actually helping demystify this idea of wrong or right, perfect, imperfect, but just actually some of the tips and stuff we've we experienced. So what happened after you had your baby? Well, funnily enough, it actually solved my problem because what it forced me to do was look at my business and start putting senior executives in to take on some of my responsibilities. So suddenly I found myself forced to have a break from work, which forced me to look into my business and get people in the business to start taking on those senior roles. So in my 40s, I had a baby. I took up surfing. I took up tennis. I took up yoga. And so I did a real concerted effort into life balance at 40. So when you started off this episode and we talked about you can have it all but not at the same time, that is the case for me. You know, 30s, sounds like for both of us, was just a blur, a blur of survival. 40s for me was a time of actually discovering life balance and really actually embracing it. I've never been more healthy than what I was in my 40s and and 50s because I finally found that elusive life balance. Okay, that's amazing. It's such an interesting story, Janine. Um, I love the tactic that you sort of talked about, the self-awareness about maybe you employed this to actually force you into life balance. I've got some theories about life balance and I think it's really important that um, if you, as you've heard, that about this expectations and actually about not not expecting to be perfect or have it all, and that there are sacrifices that you've got to you've got to make. In terms of how we go about getting life balance, you've discovered you discovered tennis, you discovered this um, surfing, which puts you in the water, and you have to concentrate so much you can't remember anything else that's going on in your life. You've also went into yoga, which I know is your, you know, amazing passion and you're very good at it. Um, uh, and and you've, you've, you know, had a, a child and now you've got a range of children in a range of ages. Um, so there's a couple of other things that you really chose to do and that you're a big believer in, in terms of helping balance out how hard you're working. Tell me about the health retreats. Look, even well before 40s, that was probably the one thing that kept me sane. Actually, two things that kept me sane was health retreats. But when I say health retreats is we spend four to $5,000 a year on maintaining a car, new tyres, but we spend nothing on ourselves. So even at the depth of insanity, which was my 30s, every year we went to a health retreat. In actual fact, sometimes I would work so hard I would feel like I smashed myself against a wall and I was just blood and guts on the floor. In my head, that's how I imagined it. And it probably looked like that on the outside too. And literally the next day I'd book myself into a, into, it was like therapy, into a health retreat because it was a place where there was no alcohol, there's no stress, it was in nature and it was eating really well. And then I would only go for five days and then I'd come back to work and I'd go again and smash myself against a wall and then go again to another health retreat. So 
that was one of the things that even during the insanity of of your 30s helped me. The other thing that helped me was we were lucky enough, and even though we couldn't afford it at the time, we were lucky enough to have a, a little coastal shack. And and for us it was going to a coastal shack, but it's so important to leave the city and go into nature. And I found that when I was at that shack that I had I was a better woman. I was a better mother. I was a better wife. We got out games. And that was the thing that kept me sane. So during that those 30s when it was insanity, still find your coping mechanisms. What is it for you? Like don't do what I did and and cut out all my friends. You know, catch up with your mates. Is it your basketball? Is it netball? Is it sport? Is it gym? Whatever that coping mechanism is for you, don't give it up. And I think things are, they're great points, but I think things are faster and harder now. I hear people often saying, I'm just falling over the line at Christmas. I'm limping towards Christmas. And, and you know, we've got a bit of choice owning our own businesses as well, although, you know, debatable for the life balance. But this idea of of going so hard and then falling over or um, not being able to connect with the things that are important to us is a really good lesson, I think, in terms of um, being at your best. Because at the end of the day, life balance is simply about being able to be at your best. And it's unsustainable, in my view, to have low wellbeing and high performance. Now, Margie, I'm a sample size of one. So I don't know if I've given a very good view on it. You are in a fortunate position to sort of look under the hood of many senior women and men's lives. So how, what tactics do you talk to them about for them to help them achieve life balances and what's worked? Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting, Janine, to think about other people in this context because we've both got really interesting personal stories. But actually, when we're looking at helping people identify life balance is actually do a bit of an audit. So what's going on now? How do you spend your time? So what are you actually doing with it? And what do you choose to do? Now, again, I'll talk about this idea of high performance and well-being. So if you want to be flourishing, you want high well-being and high performance. They come together. But if your well-being is low, then you're going to feel really distressed but functional there are going to be points at which that's not sustainable. So really pushing yourself back into flourishing is all about this balance between how do I keep myself actually performing well and my well-being being great. So how do they do it? So lots of interesting things. You've got to know yourself and you've got to actually audit what's going on for you right now. So often we go so hard and so fast that we forget to actually look back and think how we've spent our time. Uh We become irritable at things that aren't right. That's a little sign that things are out of balance. So I ask people just to take a little um, check on themselves, just to have a, a, you know, taking taking stock and understanding exactly what those elements are. So you might look at your relationships. You might look at your health and fitness because they're often the things that go when you're doing a lot of work that you love. You need to work out how many hours you're spending at work and are they productive? Where are you putting your energy? How energised are you? You might look at your environment and if it's actually something that you want to put more energy in or less energy into. How's your recreation? Now, I have to tell you, nine times out of ten, people in their 30s and 40s are working hard, zero recreation. And that actually starts to become a bit of a problem because you're not getting any other stimulus. 
okay? And um, I divide well-being into four clumps. I'll say it's the intellectual stimulation, your physical well-being, you know, the basic stuff about sleeping, eating, getting health checks, you know, managing your alcohol intake and the, the, so the intellectual, the physical, the emotional and the spiritual. And spiritual is just about making sure you're connecting with the things that are important to you and who you are and the values you hold. So if you, if simply every year, every six months, however often you like, the ritual that I would recommend is just to take stock, sit back and say, how am I going in those quadrants of my life? And how are all the things that are important to me, my recreation, my health, my career, my finances? Um, and then I'd ask people to say, what is it that you want to change? All right. And then it's all in your power, just small steps forward to actually look at it is what's important to me right now. And I am the last person to judge or tell you not to work really hard. I think it's actually really energizing and exciting and you achieve great things. One lesson I learned in my 30s is I forgot to take a holiday. So for 10 years, I didn't take a holiday. I had a break between jobs. So I could work two years without a holiday, except the public holidays, and then go and before I started another job, I'd take a 10-day break. That just wasn't really giving me the right perspective. So that's my big lesson, learn to take a holiday. But again, what's important to you? How do you want, how do you want to spend your time and getting that perspective by sitting back just like you do with your strategy days for Boost, have a personal strategy day. Really big believer in this idea of personal strategy day. There's lots of information on my website about that. The interesting you said that because I do something similar, which I didn't even realise it was about life balance, but it did exactly that. Myself and three girlfriends, we actually go for dinner every single year and when we go to this particular dinner, we put down, we do go through our intellectual, our physical, our emotional, our spiritual goals, and we say what we did that year, we evaluate it, we then write it down, all the things that we're going to do for the next year, we finish a bottle of wine, we take a photo of it, we roll it up and put it in the bottle of wine, and then we take that bottle of wine to the restaurant the following year and review what we've done. And quite often what I found was successful for it is that you often don't do things for yourself, but you tend to do things for other people. So if, if I sit with my three girlfriends and said, I'm going to achieve this, there's sort of that little bit extra pressure because you've kind of put in the universe instead of just quietly in yourself going, I want to be healthier. Or having a debate in your head about or, whether it's the right thing or the wrong thing, or maybe I'll just have that excuse or I said I wasn't going to do that, but I, I've, I can justify it. I think it's a really such a great story, Janine, and really powerful. And we get to drink good wine. I know. I love that story. And... It's about connection. You know, you're saying hold yourself accountable. I think connection, we know from all the theories that they say that connection is so important for our well-being. And funnily enough, connection is what we give up the quickest when we're actually stressed or we're losing life balance. So look, in summary, I'd say that life balance is different for everyone. But to truly find happiness, you need to find what you love so that work's not work. And if you can focus from what you've said is your intellectual, your physical, your emotional and your spiritual compartments, if you can just keep that as a focus, then you've got a chance of actually trying to at least have some resemblance of life balance. And you have a choice, which is what it's all about. 
Superwomen We Ain't is a Podcast One production recorded in the studios of Podcast One Melbourne. Executive producer is Grant Tothill, produced by Brooke Carrigan, audio by Darcy Thompson. Listener.